I'm telling y'all, Purdue's the best team out of the West. Like, no. really how the hell can you no, say no. that? No. No. Of Michigan State, and then I and then you do that shit. What kind of celebration was up with with Coglin on that kick too? Like that is the dumbest thing I've ever seen. And then <laughs> you follow you it, but you had to follow it. You suck. He was aiming for Pete Townsend. No, oh, he's he running third and heading home. I don't even know what to say. Anymore. You just ruined my day in five seconds. <laughs> Fuck you, dude. <laughs> no, thank you. I I knew you. We'll see it, but I didn't think I could do a 2015 without including it in some capacity. You you can't, but you could have tried. <laughs> all right. <laughs> like, hey, look, look, I'm wearing your shirt. Okay, I made up hey, for it. You. I knew thank that. You. I actually, ha- you please not. Ugh, gross. I'm not doing this bare chested, so you're gonna have to deal with it for an hour. <laughs> You'll be all right. <laughs> Is that the first time you've worn that shirt since you this bought it? The first time I've worn the shirt. Yeah. I oh, took it out of the plastic wrap. Oh, I know because it, it hit me that you were wearing this the sticker, and I was, and it just now realized. I was like, dude, is this the first? Damn time it! Shut up! Ever want? Oh, great! Here we go. The dog's back. Fucking dogs! Yeah, idiot dog, man. We love order? Ruger, but <laughs> the moron. It's not Ruger. Oh, it's not. It's feed. No. We're back. Oh, other one. <laughs> I don't know how we get off. Yeah, no. How many do uh, we have? Like, like a million. All right. With that being said, the Big Ten is up. We essentially have talked about a couple of teams here. We talked about Michigan the other day. Uh, who else did we talk about? We talked about, we talked about Michigan, Michigan State, Wisconsin, Wisconsin and Iowa. 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 So, I mean, and we're not talking about Ohio State, of course, because they are in the, the, the They are the two. only be, team we are not talking about here yeah, so or not going to have done. Everybody's, everybody's free reign. So, yeah. And we're going to start with one of the very few times. And we're going to start with the Illinois Fighting Illini. Guys, I feel like a lot of people don't realize how good of a year they had last year. One game away from a bowl game. They won four out of their nine conference games last year, upsetting Penn State, upsetting Minnesota. They actually weren't a bad team last year, and they had a very average quarterback play last year too. Uh, Brett Bielema back in year two. He went on the record last year and talked about that um, <laughs> that little old offensive line that was kind of soft last year. Well, I think they got toughened up after that statement because they looked pretty solid 
as the season got went on. And I feel like they're a good team. Chase Brown coming back. It was a thousand yard rusher last year. Josh McCray was also a 550 yard rusher last year. Would like to see Chase Brown put in the end zone more. What are we really expecting for this Illinois team and this Illinois offense? BJ, let's start with you. I mean, I think there's a little bit of a regression here. I think that they're going to be a tough team to face, but they've got a very, very tough schedule, as you would expect. They did not get a favorable draws from the East like I think they did last year. And I think it's going to be a little bit of a step back, but not because I think they're a bad team. Colin, you wanted to interject Colin something? calls for a timeout. Is his mic cutting out for just me? Yes. No, it's, it's everybody. There, I'll move it. I'll move it like right here. I'll put it in my face. How was that? That better? It's Okay, it's everybody for him. Cool. It's better. Um, that's the only reason I wanted to call a timeout so that way we can get that okay, corrected like right off the bat. Just All right. so okay. go ahead and if you had any more point, go ahead and continue. Yeah, I was just going to say the uh, I think it's just the, their schedule. They did not get any favors uh, done to them. And I, I'm not saying that they're going to be a bad team. It's just I, I cannot see as much success as they did last year without – you know, predicting some upsets. And obviously that's the beauty of upsets is you never really can predict them for the most part. So I've got Illinois taking a step back this year, not because I think they're going the wrong direction, but I think they're still building something. I've got going three and nine. Right there with you. And, and to that point, um, just real quick interjection. And then Tyler, you can talk about them here. Uh, to that point, their crosses, they get Michigan and Michigan State, two of the top three teams last year. And then, of course, they get Indiana. Yep. But we all know if Indiana can get back, they're going to be a pretty tough out. So, yeah, Tyler, what do you think about this team? Yeah, just simply that. I mean, uh, three and nine is kind of where I'm at with them. I think if they can get a run game going, that's fine. Uh, Tommy DeVito can be okay, but I don't think he's going to be the guy or the answer um, that I guess think they might be looking for. It's going to be tough uh, for them to really win again. They have a very tough schedule. I mean, they play a lot of really tough games on the road. And the games they do play at home are also That's really tough. good teams. Really I mean, they're, tough, yeah. You know, like they get Iowa, Minnesota, Michigan State, Purdue at home. Let's not forget Virginia out of conference at home, too. I mean, that's, mm-hmm. that's a game that could go either way. Uh, but I think that Virginia will have a better offense to, to be able to make that happen. I mean, this is just a really, really tough uh, tough year for them. I, I think 3-9 and nine would be successful um, and not in a way of, of anything more than growth. Yeah. yeah, and I think a key phrase that BJ used was regression. And this is like my thing with South Carolina when I look at the Gamecocks, and we still have yet to talk SEC, so – We'll we'll get there eventually next with South week. Carolina. Yeah, yeah next, next, next week, a week next from week. today. Um, but with that being said, not to get too far on a tangent, the one thing that I kind of keep my um, like head up about that is I think they could go three and nine or four and eight, a game or two worse than last year, and definitely a game or two worse in pl- in conference play than they were last year. I mean, keep in mind, they lost two out-of-conference games. They lost to mm-hmm. UTSA as well as Virginia. Yep. Um, so 
With that being said, just because they are worse in the win loss column doesn't mean they're wor- a worse team than they were last year. Uh, no, I want to get not. Cam's thoughts before I go ahead and give my record prediction for them. Yeah, I do have them sitting at three and nine. Um, I think that they get wins uh, with their three um, out of conference games, but then I don't know that they win one in conference. I have Northwestern winning that I, one. I, I gave Illinois the win over Northwestern, and I have them two and one out of conference. Yeah, but that it, it's I think three is a reasonable ceiling for them. Like I think that we'll see signs of growth with this, this team. Like I absolutely do. Like we saw it over the course of last year. Um, they grew a lot um, as the year progressed, and so I imagine that they'll be able to can will be able to continue to see that growth. Just Bert's trying to revive a program that was basically non-existent for the past basically a decade. Yeah, um, personally. I, I really don't think, and again, I'm pretty high on this uh, Illinois team compared to a lot of people. I think they're going to show improvement. Their offensive line looks solid. I love their skill position players. Isaiah Williams is a great uh, story. Tyler, I know you're very aware about that uh, story. And I also do like Tommy DeVito a lot more than the average Joe out there. I think their defense is going to be really solid in the secondary. The front seven might have struggles at time. And when I'm looking at this, I think that teams that are going to be able to run the ball on them, that's where it's going to be super tough. Overall, I have them going five and seven, three and six in conference, beating Wyoming and beating Chattanooga. Um, And I do have them pulling off one big upset uh, against a Western team. And I will get there when we talk about that team. So, yeah, I have the – I have them going five and seven though. Overall, I don't think they're going to be all that bad. Yeah. And, and it's not to say that they're going to be bad just because I've got them at three and nine. They're not certainly going to be as close of a three and nine team as Nebraska was last year to how close they were in all those games, but they're certainly going to be close in, I think a good handful of them that they're going to end up losing. But I'm, I'm just, I need to see, you know, if, if I see enough improvement from, you know, the end of last year, at the beginning of this year, I might change my tune. I just, it's tough for me to see them really improving record-wise from last year at this point. All right, with that being said, we're going to go ahead and move on to the second team on of on our list, which would be Indiana. These guys were the only team, or they were the only team that finished 0-9, in conference play last year, absolutely horrible, uh, disastrous year. Yeah. They might have been competitive in a couple games like Michigan State and Cincinnati. They were very competitive in. They beat a solid Western Kentucky team at a conference, and and they were of course competitive against Maryland. But other than that, it's just we didn't really see a whole lot. This offense was absolutely dreadful. Do we see it getting much better? I'm gonna start with Tyler here. I think they do. Uh, they bring in a quarterback in Connor Bazelak and, and a guy who has been extremely – he stayed healthy. That's something we, we missed with, with Michael Penix uh, last year. He, he didn't stay healthy or else that 2-10 and 10 record probably shoots up to maybe five wins, six wins. 
just because of, of the difference. I don't think Penix was that much better per se, but he was definitely better than what they had um, throughout the majority of the season. This year, Connor Bazelak comes in. I think he'll be just fine. I mean, he was pretty solid for Mizzou when he was d- down there. So I think he's going to come in. I got this team sitting at five and seven. I think it'll be a solid bounce back year. Um, unfortunately, we talked about Illinois having a tough schedule. Uh, obviously, when you play in the East, it's tough. And then their draw from the West isn't necessarily easy either, of course, with um, Nebraska and Purdue being, uh, I'm not going to talk about Illinois, but Nebraska and Purdue, that's a tough draw from the West too. Yeah, I, I think they're going to have some improvement this year. I think this is kind of, they're going to bounce back to where they generally usually are, where they're in, in con- contention to, you know, be a bold team. And, and I think that this Indiana team is going to show improvement. As, as Tyler mentioned, I think quarterback health is, is going to be again, the man. biggest factor. Cutting out again? Yep. How's this? Any better? No. Okay, well. You did get that new mic. So. I, I mean, I've got, I've got you're, it. I just. I know you're just you're, you're you're it, it's better now. I think. Okay, I guess I'll I'll just try to speak a little bit louder, and maybe that'll make it better. Um. Anyway, I, I think that quarterback play is going to be the the biggest improvement. I think you know quarterback health. Obviously, we don't predict injuries, and we couldn't have predicted, you know, last year. I mean, we could have, but that would have just been you know awful to predict an injury to Penix just because of yeah he's had issues with with injuries in the past as as we mentioned um I've got them at seven and five with a couple of wins from the west I think they get a win over Rutgers and Penn State in the east so I've got them uh ahead of Penn State at the moment and I'll talk more about uh that in a moment uh all right Cam as it stands right now um, I have them sitting at four and eight. Um, yeah. their wins being against their wins being against Illinois, Idaho, Western Kentucky, Cincinnati, and uh, shit. Where's that would be one? it. Oh yeah, yeah. But yeah, I I don't know what to expect out of this. Um. Indiana team like I could see them being a lot better I don't see them being much worse than four and eight I I think I'm just more so playing it safe than anything else um, with my prediction here but I imagine they they'll definitely be a tough out for any team um, and they'll be they'll they'll definitely flirt at times they have potential to flirt with bull eligibility for sure. Yeah, I think what you just said, that last thing that you said was like the most important part of everything that you kind of summarized, which is they have the potential to flirt with bull eligibility. I'm just having a hard time finding six wins on the schedule. They're going to have to win that toss-up in week one against Illinois. I have Illinois winning that game. They're probably going to have to, to get up to a bowl game, upset Cincinnati and Nipper, in my opinion. I don't see that happening. They're going to have to, you know, also be able to snag up, you know, two more conference wins beyond that, beyond those four, first four games. I don't really see that happening. Uh, Penn State, too good of a team. The only way that Penn State 
and, and we'll talk about Penn State, but the only way that Penn State is uh, going to lose that game is if, A, they're not exactly what I expect them to be in the run game, but also that's right after Ohio State if there's a hangover effect, which they've actually had a hangover effect the week after Ohio State in the past. So it's not like that's mm-hmm. never happened before. Yeah. Um, so it's not the craziest thing. I just don't see it. Three and nine is what I got Indiana at with the only wins coming against Idaho, a close one again against Western Kentucky. Uh, and then I have them upsetting Maryland at home. Rutgers, sure, they could win that game. They could maybe pull off that Illinois win week one. But outside of that, I just don't see them beating anybody else in conference. I don't think they really can. Well, so this is what I have. And obviously, we're, we all have our own opinions. Uh, I've got the, the first four games as wins. with the. I've, obviously, we talked about Illinois. Um, and then I have uh, the win at Rutgers. Coming off the bye, Penn State, like you said, it's right after the Ohio State game. In fact, that's a brutal four-game stretch there, especially you know at the end. It's a brutal the, schedule. Yeah, it's and I know, uh, but coming right off of you, I believe you have uh, Michigan, Minnesota, Ohio State, and then at Indiana. After all that, you got three really tough games. Two being home. And then you got to go on the road to an Indiana team that's coming off a bye. I think that's very possible that Penn State could have that hangover and and could lose that game. And then I've got them winning the Bayou or not the Bayou bucket, but the Old Oaken bucket uh, against Purdue. That's a home game. Close. I know that I know that that's a, you know a rivalry game, and they've won that game in the past. I, I think it's a very feasible that they could do that. We'll talk about those two teams coming up. I'm not trying to spend yeah. too much time. Yeah. Uh, the the last thing I'll say about Indiana is they really last year had a drop off with Stephen Carr at running back. They had a drop off from when Stevie Scott was their three year starter and he was gone, and that was a little bit underrated. I feel like he was probably worth a couple of games just because of what he was capable of doing in the run game. Yeah. I mean, Carr only had 600 yards rushing. Stevie Scott almost had that in the COVID year. So that's just a fascinating little tidbit that I have for you. The Maryland Terrapins are up next. And I got one thing to say, wide receivers, wide receivers, wide receivers, Dante Demas, Jay Sean Jones, Jakeem, Rakeem Jarrett, Jakeem, Rakeem Jarrett going into his junior year, highly touted recruit, bringing in two transfers and Jacob, Copeland and Marcus Fleming as well coming in from Nebraska guys does this Maryland team compete better in the east this year Cam I'm gonna start with you on this one I think that they do um I have them improving I have them at 500 right now but at the same time, you're 100% right. They're strongest at the skill positions. Um, that defense was kind of sus at times last year. Um, and we don't know what's going to happen with that offensive line. Um, however, if Talia Taggart Viola, I'm sorry, I just slaughtered that name still. Here we are 20 years later. Tag of Loa. <laughs> yeah. 
And uh, baga baga baga. Ukulele. Uh, I don't know. <laughs> yeah. Anyways, um, it was. I I. I just don't know. Like, part of me wants Maryland to be better than six and six because on paper they have potential to be much better than six and six. However, at the same time, I could see them being a lot worse because they could try to kill the pineapple at quarterback with that lack of an offensive line. And we could still continue to see the struggles on defense. Like I, I don't know what to make of Maryland. So I'm playing it safe right now. Have them at 500. Yeah. Two, three game stretches. First off the SMU game is at a conference is going to be huge for them. They got to take care of business there. They should win that game. I know a lot of people, Jared Taylor, think highly of SMU, but uh, they're, they're still more talented than SMU, especially at the skill that we're talking about. They got to win that game. Two, three-game stretches that got to concern you, though, at Michigan versus Michigan State versus Purdue, and then at Wisconsin, at Penn State versus Ohio State off their bye. Uh, those are two, three-game stretches where that can make or break their season. Tyler, I know there's been times where you're really high on this uh, Maryland team. What are you thinking right at this moment with Maryland? And by the way, I do want to correct myself. Marcus Fleming transferred in 2020 to 2021. He was on Maryland's team last year. Yes. I remember watching him in 2020 mm-hmm. against Northwestern, the year Northwestern won that division. So I'll correct myself there. I, was saying, uh, I think I yeah. just watched the Maryland game the other day and, and saw him on there. So I was kind of kind of thrown off, but – not really. Um, I way. remembered him more on Nebraska just for that one game because I even looked at his game log. He only played that one game, but continue. Yeah. So I'm sitting at eight and four. You talked about that first stretch of three games. I actually have them taking two of those three, losing the one game to Michigan. And then in the second three, I have them losing all three, actually. I have them, oh. them completely losing all three of those games. I think that this team is – they're good, and they're going to they're gonna have some strength. And I know – Maybe some would lean to that that pro- potential mistake early. There's a game that really does concern me, and that is the Purdue game. Outside of the th- the four, I already have them losing. Purdue, I think, is a team that could easily go in and throw all over the yard if they really wanted to. Aiden O'Connell is more than talented enough to get that job done. Just right now, I'm sitting eight and four, um, and you know that that could be different. You know, right after the Michigan game, we'll see kind of. How they how they look throughout their first five. BJ, what are your thoughts right here? All right, I'm looking for something red. I guess you can use this because I've got a hot take. Uh, I'm very high on this Maryland team this year. I think that they're not going to be nearly as bad defensively as they were last year, and I think their offense is going to cut down the turnovers. I think they can have a lot of success, especially in this Big Ten East. I've got the, you talked about the three games get. Straight. I think those three stretches. I only have them losing to Michigan and Penn State. That's Wi-Fi, though. That's not Mike. I know. That's not Mike. That that seems like signal. But, man, VJ, you're having a rough one today. (laughs) I don't notice anything. I'm not sure what the hell y'all are talking about. 
Yeah, no, you. Well, yeah, you wouldn't notice. You can't hear yourself, and it's you definitely cannot hear your Wi-Fi. It's your wife. I feel so um, bad. I feel. No, bad. try it again. Well, normally, try it again. normally, try it again. normally, when I have Wi-Fi issues, I can see it on the screen, but I'm not getting anything popped up, so I don't yeah, think it's Wi-Fi. Anyway, anyway uh, I'm I'm really high on this Maryland team. Uh, I think that their their defense is you know not going to be as bad this year, and I I have their offense really. You know, I, I believe in this offense and their capabilities. I, you know, talked about those tough three-game stretches. I've got them winning two of three in each of those three-game stretches. I think that their only two losses are going to be Michigan and Penn State, both on the road. All right, feel free to disagree. Wow. Like I said, red red alert, red hot take. Wait, right wait, wait. Well, hold on. Rewind. Red alert, red hot take right here. Did you say 10 and 2? I did. I, did. I, I don't see that. Like Maryland's not Maryland's going to be really good. You two are like on good. two totally it's opposite sad. ends of the spectrum. <laughs> I tell you what. Yeah. Maryland's not going to go 10 BJ's, BJ's up here. Cam's all the way on the floor. You can't even see it. The floor is I'm, I'm just I'm just sitting I, right, so, right All right. All right. Let me let me lay out my rationale. If you Please. guys want me to. I don't want to take too long, but I'll lay it out. The the at Michigan game obviously is one of the losses I have, and I think their offense is better than you know the way that they run their offense. They're going to win that home game against Michigan State. The way that Michigan State's pass defense was last year, I'm I'm, I'm not necessarily thinking Michigan State's going to be as bad as they were last year, but I think Maryland will be able to win that game. I think they'll be able to outsling Purdue at home. I think that that being at home is is the difference maker in both of those games. Uh, you know where, where they get to throw the ball around the yard. I think they're better than Wisconsin. I think they'll go in and win at Camp Randall. And then I think Ohio State gets caught looking ahead because you're both going to be 10-0 at that point. You're going to be looking ahead to Michigan. I, I I honestly believe that Maryland can catch Ohio State looking ahead to the Michigan game and win that game at home. That's why I say 10-2. and two. That's one of the only places I see Bless Ohio State really slipping, slipping Thank up. Thank you. Bless you. Sixty-six to seventeen last year. I mean, I, it's just, and it's my turn to talk to you about Maryland because I haven't. Okay, yeah, time out. Who? Okay. Yes, you could talk about twenty eighteen. Sure, this team is way light years better than twenty eighteen. Oh, I know. I know. Oh, absolutely. We, I'll be the first person to admit it. Better offensive line. Better wide receiver. Well, actually, it's kind of Comparable. a it's a little bit better this year, I think, from yeah. a talent perspective. But they had so much experience on that 2018 team. Yeah. Um, at wide receiver. Better running backs, better defensive line, because we had Chase Young and nothing else. Chase Young was doubled all year because people didn't know he was a freak back then, and yeah. they had nothing else going for them. Secondary was horrible. Linebackers weren't triggering like we expect for them to do. That that's just not happening. Um, I, I thought about it too. I'm, I I look. I always look for places where Ohio State could trip up, and we'll talk about Ohio State's schedule. So I'm not going to tell you where Maryland wasn't one of them though. Back to Maryland though. I will have my time with Ohio State. <clears throat> Yes, they need to go 3-0 out of conference. Charlotte, if they are really bad on defense, Charlotte could catch them. Uh, SMU also 
could catch him if they are really bad on defense. I don't think they're going to be good on defense, but I think they'll be good enough to beat SMU and Charlotte. They're 3-0 and out of conference for me, but they start out conference play 0-3. Purdue and Maryland, that's going to be a fun game. That's the best chance that they have to win. I think Michigan State's pass defense is going to get better, and again, that might also be a fun high-scoring game to watch. Michigan's going to absolutely run through them. And then I have them really starting 0-4 because I think they're going to be reeling after that three-game stretch, and they're going to lose to Indiana too. Get right against Northwestern before the bye week. They come off the bye week and beat Wisconsin. I just think they match up well against Wisconsin. But Penn State, Ohio State, I do not think they're going to win either of those games. I think that that's just teams that are way more talented, have depth of talent, not just four wide receivers and a quarterback. And then maybe, just maybe lightning in a bottle occasionally with the sophomore Colby McDonald at running back. But I just, I just don't see it with this team. They they beat Rutgers at the end of the year, sure. Even that could be a toss-up. But I have that, as we talk about Rutgers later, I have that for Maryland playing for their bowl lives in that. I have them going 6-6. Six and six. I don't see this 10-2. and two, And it seems like every other year. Uh, almost people get hyped. Uh, Tyler, you can tell me if I'm wrong, but I feel like in the offseason, people get hyped about Maryland and they never live up. And I'm not going to fall for it. I feel like people were hyped about them last year, seven and six overall, six and six in the regular season. People were hyped about them in 2018. They went five and seven. People were hyped about them in 2016. They went six and seven. I don't buy it. I just don't. I, I, I'm not going to understand. I think this yeah. is the best year to break that pattern. However, yes. I don't see I don't see ten wins. I, I don't even see nine. I think eight is the ceiling, and six is the floor. Um, and and that's just it. I mean, that yeah. that is what this Maryland team is until they prove otherwise. Yeah. And like Colin said, their defense may be improved, but it's not going to be improved enough to hang with Michigan and Ohio State. Those are the two best offenses in the com- conference. No question about it. No question. And then, yeah. and then yeah. they also, again, they have to follow up that Michigan game against Michigan State, where Michigan State not talked about a lot, but their receivers and Peyton Thorne, I think, could could be, uh, you know, a potential scary situation for some of these yeah. top teams in the conference. It, it's it's not easy for Maryland to win ten games. It, it wouldn't be no. if they do. They deserve a New Year's Six appearance. Yes, but I don't yeah. think they will. So I, I I said eight and four. I think that's the ceiling, and and that's kind of it. They kind of got to prove. I think us in the Big Ten countries specifically, where what when they deserve to see that nine ten win prediction. Yeah, and, and, and I, I certainly understand that. I was just sorry. I'm just gonna say I certainly understand where y'all are coming from. I've never really bought into Maryland like I have this year. This is the first time. Maybe it's the only time that I put myself out on the line and. Maybe I, I learned my lesson the hard way. I don't know. I just I think that this is going to be a really the receiving good offense. the receiving core gives false hope. In it the, really in does. Season. That's where I'm sitting. Quarterback and receiving core is nice. Mm-hmm. I need to see this run running game. I need to see this O line perform, and, and I need to defense. see this defense perform. Yeah. Michael, I had him eight and four and before I looked there. deeper. Yeah, yeah I mean, Mike Loxley is a good coach, and he can have them sitting at that eight win mark. He can have them if he does his job perfectly. They do sit at 10 wins, but he won't. Yeah. I mean, nobody's perfect. Yeah. So they're going to yeah. sit around eight. They're going to struggle on defense a little bit. I think they're going to struggle in the games they're supposed to struggle in. And I think they're going to get the job done in the games that are either close or in terms of matchups and or just they're the better team. 
And I think that's that's where I see eight wins. I mean, we talked about them. If they struggle against yeah. Charlotte and SMU, they're a six-win team, no doubt in my yeah. mind. Yeah, because we, they, we need, need to... they need to show what they've got. That's two perfect opportunities to show improvement on defense and two perfect opportunities to also get the offense rolling before that Michigan game. Absolutely. If they don't, they Absolutely. are going to be right. in for a rough year. Right. Yeah. And All like, right, like I said, I mean, that's just my preseason. We'll we'll definitely be able to see what we're going to get from them by that. And tell you what, we're going to hit the East here back in in a little bit. But right now, we got Minnesota up, and I don't know about you guys, but I feel like Minnesota's a contender for the Big Ten West. Um, and nobody's really talking about them. So a lot of people keep bringing up that they lost a crap ton of offensive linemen. I don't think people realize that they got two really good interior staples. They're going to have to bring in ta- break in tackles, but Quinn Carroll, he has a lot of experience there at tackle. He, he played at Notre Dame for a while. We all know Notre Dame is a factory uh, for offensive linemen, specifically tackles. I mean, and then John Michael Schmitz is probably – if not one of, he's probably the best interior offensive lineman in the entire Big Ten. Axel Rushmeyer is also pretty good. Tanner Morgan, I think, is the key for this team because Mohamed Ibrahim is supposed to be back. Trey Potts is supposed to be back. Bryce Williams got a lot of playing time as well last year. And they got Chris Ottman-Bell and Dylan Wright and Brevin Spanford, guys to throw to. This offense looks on paper like it's good. They're going to get Kirk Shiraka back. He was the offense coordinator in 2019. And on the defensive side, a lot of experience. Guys like Trill Carter at the nose tackle going to be really good. And then also, if you're worried about the edge rushers, at least they have a senior in Thomas Rush. They also have Braylon Oliver at the linebacker yeah, position. Marysville product. Yep. <laughs> we, we had and to throw it in there. Our, dude, our PJ Fleck. Modern, dude, we got to talk about it. I mean, nope. come on. Right here. PJ Fleck it, yeah. talks highly of him too. Like he's going Dude, he, to he have a significant phenomenal. role this year. I actually started going back and watching some Minnesota film because I really wanted to look more into them, specifically on defense, see who the leaders were. Thomas Rush is a captain and a kid that I know. I played football with him, uh, you know, back back in the day, you know, back in my prime, you know, and, <laughs> and this kid was a legit leader. He was he was super good at, at making things happen. He did whatever he, he was told. He made things happen on the field. He, at one point, yeah. he moved to running back while he was also playing receiver. He played running back throughout high school. I mean, this kid just does what he's told. Anything mm-hmm. that's asked of him, he gets a job done. It's a perfect fit for P.J. Fleck. There's a reason he went up there. He's been phenomenal. I'm sure he's voted a captain and was one last year and should be one this year if he, if he wasn't last year. Well, they, they, they go game by they go game by game, but I'm pretty sure he was captain for most of them. I know he had a C on his chest for the Ohio State game, yeah, um, for sure. Yeah. So and that was game one. So that shows a lot. And also the only reason he didn't play more, by the way, he had five and a half sacks last year. The only mm-hmm. reason he didn't play more is because he was behind Boye Mafe, who was a pretty high draft pick. Boye Mafe is really good. But they lose that and replace somebody who's been in the program for five years now. You're also talking about Donald Donald Willis at linebacker, a secondary that is lacking depth but has some up in talent. I think this Minnesota has a super high Minnesota team has a super high ceiling. What say you, BJ? Well, don't you know we've got the best running back room in the Western Division? Okay, enough of the they, bad acts. They aside. might. They might have the best running back room in the division with those yeah. three guys that I mentioned. And Mo Ibrahim might be better than Braylon Allen. 
we yes. got to see him healthy again first, but he, Absolutely. he probably would have been last year if he stayed healthy. What he was, what he was against Ohio State last year was definitely better. However, well, yes. we well, got to see him yes. come back. We got to see him come <laughs> yeah. back. Hassan Haskins was also yeah. Derrick Henry. Hassan yeah. Haskins was well, like, Derrick Henry. Like Hassan Haskins isn't good, though. I mean, he was. No, he's, he's really good. Better I mean, he's with Derrick Henry, man. <laughs> anyway, bad accent aside, I am absolutely – confident in this Minnesota team. I, I think they are, I think they're the best in the West. I'm, and if I'm not, you know, BSing around, I, I'm going to be a straight shooter here and say that I think this Minnesota team is very capable of getting to 10 wins this year. I think this, this is going to be 10 and two team with their only loss early in the year to Michigan state. And then the last game of the year, at Wisconsin, because they've already locked up the West and, you know they're they're not necessarily going to be as motivated to keep the axe. I think they they'll do not. Have the, game. Okay, the hold up, hold up. They're not winning the whiteout game. No, they way. are winning the whiteout game. They're not winning the whiteout. No, because they're I winning the whiteout. I was so stupid are, and thought uh, no, no chance. Okay, can we just like save that one for the Penn State prediction, please? Let's just yeah. save our Penn State energy. Well, for I got Penn a bone State. to pick with Penn State about their wideout pick, anyway. So we could talk about that later. But <laughs> yeah. um, well, we, that, let's what, talk about what, that later. Let's not get yeah, carried let's, away let's right t- now. But anyway, they they have the talent. I think they can go in and win, even if it's a wideout. I know strange things happen up there for wideouts, but they, yeah, I think they can win this game. And so that's you, where I'm. That's where I'm sitting. Are you willing to I go on record right now and tell me that Minnesota is a hundred percent a better team than Penn State? I'm not going to say 100% better, but I do think they are better. I would say they are at least 60% better than Penn State. That's not how I meant No, that's it. not what we're talking about. Are that's you, not Tyler, what are you um, 100% certain? Describe people you got like balls, him. first off. Secondly, um, what, out of uh, 0 to 100%, how confident are you that Minnesota is a better team? 80%. We'll talk about that. Uh, Cam, what do you think about Minnesota right here? I'm high on Minnesota, too. They're not winning whiteout, first of all. (laughs) We'll get there. (laughs) Okay, so Colin has already seen my TikTok about Penn State, and we'll talk about Penn State here in a little bit. But I I need need to see the running back. That's the only thing that I think is really limiting this team. I know my Wi-Fi is probably shit right now, so. Oh, is it popping up finally? It just now popped up, but it seems like it's oh, getting nice. better. So I don't know if it's my end or not. Hey, you're better now. You're good okay. now. It's just your right. mic now. You're now so. the urinating okay. tree of the stream. The Wi-Fi is having issues just like his. Anyways. It's, it's, just, it's, it's um, rush hours. So people are using internet. People are getting home. But that's 5G. Anyways, um, I have. Sucks. The, Fuck you, Verizon. <laughs> biggest scam of all time, y'all. Anyway. Keep going. Anyways, um, conspiracies aside, uh, this um, this West is really a three horse race, and Minnesota is a hundred percent one of those horses. I think um, there's four horses. I think I think there, there's. Hang on, the Big hang on, let, me West count. The let me count before I forget. Yeah, four. I got four. Yeah. Four horses I got, I got one apocalypse. in particular. I got one in particular, and I can't wait to talk about them. Yeah, either way, like, this, this Western race is going to be a shit ton of fun. 
because I know the other team that you guys are talking about, and I don't think they're going to be a slouch either. Um, I, yeah, I, I, I am really excited about this West race. Minnesota is going to be right in the thick of it as it stands right now. I have them sitting at nine and three. Um, they're one game back of the team that I have winning this division. Um, tied oh, no. with Wisconsin. We better not well. have the same. Oh no. We'll see. I thought we'll I see. was alone. I really we'll thought I'd be alone. We'll see. I'm not alone then. I think um, I'm. I think I'm. I, I was hoping I was alone. But I, I Iowa Cam, been... tell me it's Iowa. <laughs> I don't have Iowa winning this. On, Believe it or don't not, ruin this for me. Tell me it was a well, team you said in the pre, in the cold open. Anyways, anyways, it's not. Uh, you'll see. You'll see. Patient chewing Padawan. Um, <laughs> I um, it's stealing my thunder over here. What the hell? <laughs> call him, call him, call I have first. them losing to. I didn't freeze. I no, have I them said... losing to Michigan State, Penn State, and Wisconsin. I was meaning to call on okay. Tyler first when we get to that team, but it's all good. Don't worry. Okay. Uh, Cam, you're uh, you're spot on for me. Nine and three, same losses. This is a this is a good team, but this time T- Tyler, this you and I think too much alike at times. Yeah, you need to quit. It was me and BJ for. the first the first year we were all in that hey, together. To it quit. was me and BJ every single week. We'd have the same the same text at the same time. The yeah. Chat. But, uh, and it, last year, last year it was you and me battling it out for the uh, the crown and picks. Yeah, but so. Tyler, yeah, I better not choke, dude. I look like the fucking Dallas I, I, Cowboys. I came to earth there. first. Look like dude, the Toronto right? Maple Leafs in you're, the first round, the dude. I mean, cow. it was ridiculous. Yeah, like the New York <laughs> Islanders trying to get to the playoffs. <laughs> oh, I love this hockey talk, eh? He's got balls bringing up hockey in the big preview. Hey, Man, hockey champs! You're wearing, you're wearing the champion shirt right there, BJ. Big Ten hockey champs, Hail Big to Ten the football team. champs, Big Ten baseball champs. Oh yeah. But did you win the national championship in women's hockey? That's what matters. We didn't win a women's national championship in shit because we fucking choked in the hockey tournament. We looked like dog shit against Georgia. So. Creighton women's basketball Georgia team champs the dog this year. Food out of you. BJ talking my language. <laughs> Gosh, I can't with you guys today. I just can't. <clears throat> well, surely you knew what you were signing up for when you joined the streamer today. Hey man, I've been working hard today. I made us. I made us our graphic for next week's top twenty-five reveal for us. I um, made us our intro today. I think we've all yeah, been working uh, hard. We've been, we've been busting our ass yeah. lately. I mean, this, mm-hmm. is, this has been fun. Actually, it's kind of yeah. like kind of like a job, but one I enjoy. Exactly. <laughs> <laughs> so, anyways, oh, right. Colin, what, your, what do you got for Minnesota? I just I'm playing around with this, you know, trying to figure out exactly. Sauce. <laughs> sauce. Sauce. We gotta chill, with you. We got 45 <laughs> minutes. We got 45 minutes left. Can we hurry this up? <laughs> We're only halfway there. Oh my gosh, dude! I just uh. 
Hey, this is the longest we've ever had control of the stream. To be fair, I would say. I mean, it's. I mean, it's been. We've been pretty good. Pretty forty-five minutes on target. We're doing all right. All right, who do you have for Minnesota, Colin? Come on. What's your? I'm going eight and four right now. Um, I think the only difference I have between you and Cam is I haven't losing to Iowa because for some reason. (laughs) I just gotta say. Right on cue, when I talked about the Toronto Maple Leafs, I hadn't opened up our Pick'em chat yet and see what, what Jared posted. <laughs> I guess everybody's shit on the Leafs. I'm today. looking later, man. Uh, yeah, I got him going to 8-4, and four, losing Michigan State in oh, week four, a- beating Purdue in week five before the bye week, uh, losing to Penn State, losing to close out the season against Iowa and Wisconsin. Um Y'all need to chill, man. I'm good, dude. I, I didn't. I was. I was done after that. I didn't need it to be shown. So yeah, eight and four overall is what I got. But I have them starting the year off eight and two before dropping the last two games. I just think eight and two. They they're going to be flirting with top ten probably because their strength of schedule will be pretty good to this point. I mean, Michigan State when Let's put it this way: wins against Purdue in a well-respected uh, look against nebraska i I just i I think the wheels are going to fall off at the end of the year though i don't think they're going to be able to keep it up all year next team up would be load okay uh nebraska speaking of the nebraska cornhuskers they bring in casey thompson they have a oh Three and nine last year, the best three and nine team of all time. They bring in Casey Thompson from Texas. They also have Ramir Johnson and Jacquez Yant. They also have Omar Manning and Trey Palmer on the outside. Travis Vokalek at tight end. Vokalek. I said it close. Um, You were. They also have. I watched a bunch of highlights from Nebraska last year. They also like have a very good. At experienced interior offensive line coming back in a pretty solid as far as like experience goes defense. But I was kind of like in moments they look good on defense, but they let teams kind of drive slowly down the field on them. And, and that honestly is what kept a lot of these games close is that they were able to kind of bend but not break on defense but the, the defense same time, was good like, at slowing the game down like we talk about yeah. offense is slowing the game down their defense slowed it down that it really we talk did. about the michigan and the in the ohio state games i mean two really solid and oklahoma last year oklahoma and, and and they were they almost stifled them completely i mean it, i think there was a total of 15 or 16 field goals in those games if i'm not mistaken. i mean there were four against four or five for michigan there was three four for, for Ohio four, State, four. four for Ohio State, and then another three for so. Uh, uh, no, it was it was only one for Oklahoma. Was it only one? Okay, either yeah, way, it was like seven. I mean, oh wait, no, 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 no. It was it was twenty three. It was zero. Was it zero. Yeah, because what happened was so it was twenty three to sixteen. What happened was oh, uh, Nebraska scored to make it like. Oh, that's right. The, 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 the nine to 14, and then they blocked the kick, took it to yep. the house, made it nine to Block, 16. Yep. Yep. The, uh, mm. 
kick two, if you will. Um, kick two, yes. Yeah. But so anyways. yeah, I get what you're saying though. It's not even just that. Like Oklahoma couldn't move the ball on them. I mean, they, mm-hmm. there's a reason why they only scored 23 points. Yeah. And I, I we'll talk they're, about they're Spencer scoring Rattler a week from year. now. Let's put it they're that scoring- way. Their scoring margin last year was was plus sixty three for a team that was three and nine. That's almost unheard of. I mean, granted, they did that stuff against Buffalo, um, and Northwestern, and, Northwestern, and then there was one other Fordham. Fordham. Well, Fordham, yeah, Fordham. Fordham. So 50, there's three teams way, there. That's, that's three teams. Really but even even then, to be to be plus sixty three at three and nine is, is I mean, you would think there was a blowout that's or two crazy. there, and and there wasn't. So this team, I'm just gonna take this one over because you know. One, I have this team sitting right now at nine and three, just like I had in Nebraska. The difference being they have one out of conference loss, two conference losses. They will be in Indianapolis this fall, this December, playing for the Big Ten championship. Ditto. 100% ditto. Yeah, fuck you, Cam. I had to go first. <laughs> so, this Nebraska first. defense you talked about, let's look at the numbers. They were better. You know, minusculely than Ohio State in terms of points allowed per game at 37th, but they did not allow a whole lot of yards. They were in the top 55 in passing yards with 219 allowed per game, and their rush defense was really good too. Their rush defense just a little bit worse at 56, but only allowing less than 150 rushing yards a game. So they really, you know, you look at the numbers back it up that their defense was, you know, keeping teams in check. It just was not when whenever they would, you know, break, if you will, you know, it, it, it was always the scores looked a little bit more convincing that they were closer than they actually were because they were not clutch. They were not able to come up in big spots and score until it was already in hand. Like they, they would score a late touchdown to turn a 14 point loss. Mm-hmm. It was a seven point loss. So I think that you can realistically expect to see some turnaround from this Nebraska team. I have them right now at second in the Big Ten West, also with a 9-3 record, two conference losses. But because they lose to Minnesota, there's the head-to-head tie break. Minnesota goes to Indy. That's a totally fair pick. I just I, – I don't have them going to Indy at that at, – at, at, just, guys – here's my thing about it is I get close losses and you're like, oh, just a few bounces of the ball. Have you ever thought like that could be a coaching thing? You know, my phone's ringing out. Well, I think it was an offensive that. coaching thing, and I think that, that yeah. just changed Casey Thompson. Just, quarterback. Yeah, and a Mark brand Whipple new quarterback and Mark Whipple. Yeah. That yeah. alone I get that. is a huge – I get that. I, I, I really do. And you also get two bye weeks in this season because of week zero against yeah. Northwestern, and week I think zero. they're going to beat Northwestern. Uh, Northwestern could be a lot better than I think, but we'll talk about them in just a second. They're the next team up. I have a hard time convincing myself they're going to beat Oklahoma. I just think they're too talented for them. I think Rutgers and Purdue are both really bad matchups for them. Really bad. I think Minnesota's just a better team and Michigan's a better team. I have them going seven and five. That's a significant improvement from last year. And I think they're going to be close in some of these losses. Like, they could have a close loss against Oklahoma. They're definitely not going to get blown out by Rutgers. And then Michigan and Purdue could both be close, and Minnesota could also be close. So it's not like they're not capable. It's like what I talk about with BYU and Arkansas. It's like they're capable of winning any game on their schedule. Yeah. I just don't see it. No. 
I know, and I don't think we're too far apart. I mean, you know, it's just we. I've got Michigan, Minnesota, and Oklahoma. Those are their only three losses. I, I really exactly don't. What I, have. I think I think they I think they lose. I think they beat Rutgers, and I think that they are able to, you know. Too. I mean, it's it's going to be. Is going to be able to get some stops in that game. That's going to you know make enough of a a game that you know they they were. They got run over at times in that Purdue game at home last year, and they really shouldn't have been. And I can't imagine they let that happen again this year. Northwestern now, I guess. Yeah, give me a second. Sorry. My freaking right. computer's So this Northwestern team, as you see on the bottom of your screen last year, was last in the Big Ten West with a record of 3-9, 1-8. Just – it's that three-year – it's it's a three-year cycle where they – they get good one year, and then it's two years off, and then they're good again. Um, and and this is not this is year two. This is not year three. So, do we wow. realistically expect to see a whole lot of uh, growth from Northwestern? I, I guess we'll start with Collins. And, to I play devil's question. advocate, I'm just saying to play devil's advocate. 2020, 2018, two year cycle with when it comes to that, they were really good in 2017 too. So, like, they put together mm-hmm. two back-to-back years. It wasn't 2017 where they won the West because that was the year Wisconsin went undefeated. Mm-hmm. It was actually 2018 mm-hmm. where they won the yeah. West with a 9-3 and three record and then they uh, maybe 8-4, and 8-4 and four record. But regardless yeah. of that, um, to your point, sometimes it does work like that. I look at this Northwestern roster. I don't think that they return enough of the – last year kind of struggles that they had last year. Ryan Helinski, I'm just not fully bought into at quarterback. You know, I, I really do like Evan Hull, and they also have Cam Porter as well. Uh, but I just – I don't know. I'm not super high on this team. I just don't think that this is the year. I think they are one year away. It's funny because I look at this defensive line. And how much experience they have. And guys like Ryan Johnson, for example, you know, who who has in the past played really, really well. And you're talking, you know, about I, I can't even say the dude's name. Um Adebaware, the other defensive end that's opposite Ryan Johnson. Their defensive line is meant for this year. I feel like their back seven is all about next year, and they lost Brandon Joseph. If they had Brandon Joseph, I think he could make a huge difference in a couple of close games. But overall, I do have – go Sorry, ahead. I didn't, mean, I didn't mean to. I thought you were done. I was about to just give you my record prediction on them. Yeah, overall, I you didn't get there. I have them going 4-8 and eight with the wheels falling off at the end of the year. One win in conference, and that one win – coming against Wisconsin right now. I just, uh, they're good enough to beat teams like, but here's the thing. They get Illinois after a five game stretch of at Maryland, at Iowa versus Ohio state at Minnesota at Purdue. I just think that Illinois game is just going to be kind of, we're done. We're done at that point. That's just brutal. You're done. I sit here and, and have the exact same record, same wins, same losses as you do, Colin. And I think they are, like you said, I, I talked about this a few weeks ago and we talked about Northwestern for some reason. I can't remember why. Was it Wisconsin? I preview? said, perhaps. And I said, this is a this is a one 
this is a team that's just one year away. They're they're so close. One year of, of of gaining more experience. Specifically, you talked about the secondary. They keep Evan Hall another year, um, and then they they need a transfer quarterback, not named Hunter Johnson or Ryan Helinski. Right, they were both they're, pretty they're bad. Right there. Yeah, I think they're right there where they need to be. Helinski was was like you know the savior of South Carolina. I mean, he was he was the guy who took over for Jake Bentley, who I thought and I mm-hmm. thought that was outrageous to be completely honest with everybody. It was. Yeah. It it, it was 100% like the most ridiculous thing Will Muschamp's ever done in his pathetic career. Um <laughs> but then but then he transfers up there to Northwestern and he almost loses if not did lose a job to um to Hunter Johnson. And Andrew and Marty. Like, yeah, it's like how do you how do you, they need a transfer quarterback? They need somebody to transfer up there and, and get the job done. And you know, I I don't know who who it would be who would be able to get get up there and, and do it. Um, but that that's the one thing they're really missing is a quarterback. That's yeah. why I have them at four and eight is because in the Big Ten this year, again, this we talked about the year of the quarterback uh, with the ACC that that conference is stacked at quarterback. The Big Ten's up there too in terms of of that. Uh, margin really maybe not yeah. as deep as as the acc was and and certainly not quite like the sec seems to be but the uh the big ten's up there and and it's just the one thing that northwestern needs yep cam yeah i too have this northwestern team at four and eight um again their loan victory in conference is against Illinois. Um, They need to be fortunate that they have like the easiest out of conference schedule possible this year. Um, It's, it's going to be a rough year for Northwestern. Um, They, and they probably should just really focus on building for next year. Um, I, I'm not expecting a lot. Yeah. I wouldn't be surprised if they hang tough in a few games, just because Pat Fitzgerald and that coaching staff always have them ready to play. But at the same time, I, I do see, I, I looked at the roster a few different times and each time nothing jumps out. They're going to get their doors blown off and, quite a few games as well um i'll be right back okay three and nine uh, bj three and nine they they win all their non-conference games and i don't have them winning a conference game i i I think as you guys mentioned biggest hindrance to them being successful is quarterback and if you don't have one of those in the big 10 that can compete with the best of the best you're not going to win very many games and i just I struggled. I, I think that they're not going to a whole lot of games. And so I'm, I'm going to say three and nine. They got possibly Illinois four and eight. I could see, but beyond that, I'm, it would be far fetched. And as you mentioned, Colin, at that point, after the, you know, the tough stretch they get to before that Illinois game, they will have thrown in the towel. And I just and, I can't imagine that mm-hmm. they really get that win either. And on the bright side, we know Pappas Gerald's never going to be on the hot seat as long as he's there. He's done so much for that program. They're, yeah, they're not firing Pappas Gerald, so there's no, no need to worry. Uh, if if that may be a concern for 
for Northwestern fans because yeah. that's he's got you to be the best you've been since the 1940s when you last yeah. won a bowl game before he took over. Yeah. Um, just yeah. like I said, he, it's he, a three-year cycle. It's it's an experience cycle, is what it is. It, it, they they always lose their guys on that third year, and then they they take a couple of years to really retool and, and I don't want to yeah. say rebuild because it's not rebuild. It's just getting the experience there. And then they're right back where they where they left off. So it's got to yeah. get get that quarterback next year, and they'll be right on the money. Three teams left. Next team up is the Penn State Nittany Lions. I'm going to probably save myself for last. BJ, explain yourself. Oh yeah, BJ, or, go ahead. Or actually, Tyler, yeah. I don't care. BJ, go ahead because I think Colin and I are actually going to be in agreement. Once again, which this is getting a little weird. We're not supposed to be the ones agreeing on things. Uh, <laughs> Looks but, like we're no, that's supposed to be you and I. I'm just I I don't know what y'all are seeing. I'm not until I see what they've got running back wise. I've lowered my expectations for this Penn State team. I think that they are not as good as Minnesota, and they're not going to win with the home field advantage. You know, notwithstanding for the whiteout game, I've, that's a brutal stretch with Ohio State and Michigan and Minnesota in there. I've got them with a, another loss to Indiana after that, and then I've got them losing to Penn State. So I've got them seven and five. I've got them losing to Michigan Penn, State. I think Penn, I, I said oh, that. Yeah, Michigan you said State. State. Michigan State. I, I meant to say Michigan State at the yep. year. So seven and five is where I see this Penn State team falling. I can flip possibly on the Indiana if they can find something after how grueling that tough stretch is going to be where they, they find a way to rebound. And then, I mean, maybe the Michigan State game at the end of the year at home. But I just – I think nine wins is their ceiling. I really don't think that they're going to be a player up there among the top two or, or even top three in this this Big Ten East this year. So I, until I see otherwise, if they have that running back, as you mentioned, that they've been really needing ever since, you know, Saquon Barkley. Because, you know, we, we all think that – Miles Sanders has got a little bit of an overrating. Uh, he still wasn't you know. bad though. He wasn't Miles bad. Sanders no. Was fine. Yeah, he wasn't I mean, bad. We, but... we we talk about we talk about since Saquon Barkley. Uh, that's a very high bar to set. Yeah, that's that a very kind high of generational. That's, it's it's true. Uh, but, but you see, they have not had that same level of success since Saquon well, left. We we talked about twenty nineteen. They had eleven wins. Yeah. Like yeah. I mean, but that's including and, and, the bull. They lost. No, they beat Memphis in 2019. Yeah, I was about to say. So they went yeah. 10 and two in the regular season, though. If I remember correctly, it was only road games against Minnesota, who was undefeated to that point, mm-hmm. and a road game against Ohio State, who made the playoff and got snubbed of the national championship. Yeah, and yes, well, I don't think they got snubbed, but they got like they chance. finished top ten. Someone's they were a really salty. good team. Uh, why wouldn't like, I so be salty, salty about uh, that? Dude, I'm so salty about 2016. I mean, come on, man. <laughs> and the bullshit that you put in the intro, you jackass. I'm not mad about that. I mean. I am. Oh, wait. Yeah. <laughs> that. yeah. I mean, um, I mean, you're talking about the last time that somebody was able to do it. They still prioritized the pass game. They threw the ball 319 times with Sean Clifford yeah. and 47 more with Will Levis, of all people, which, by the way, he wasn't very good when he threw the no. ball. Other was Clifford that year, to be fair. But, like, Dirty Brown had seven yards per carry almost and 12 touchdowns. Huge difference. A balanced attack is the best friend to this offense. So, we'll talk about it more. I want to get Cam's perspective on Penn State before we go too far. I have them sitting at 10-2 and right now. 
they'll, somebody's been listening to me. They'll they'll finish tied for third in this division. Um, I'll plead the fifth on their wins and losses. Tied for third in the division. Well, Ohio yeah, State, I Michigan, have, and then I have, somebody. I have Ohio State. State That's Michigan. definitely possible. That's actually yeah. possible. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, if Michigan goes eleven and one, if Ohio Michigan State goes eleven and one or twelve and zero, yeah, yeah, it's possible. Yeah. But we're, yeah. I'm, 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 even we, with we ten and two, that. Yeah. Yeah. I, I'm gonna have to plead the fifth here on some stuff. So, yeah. Right. Okay. Well, what do you What do you got here, Tyler? Ten and two, uh, losing to Ohio State. Uh, home game. They're trying. They're they're bringing back their strife out. Mm-hmm. I don't give a shit. It's not the whiteout. And here's here's the problem, right? Yeah. Here, here's the bone I have to pick, right? Game. Why the fuck? You have Minnesota and then Ohio State. What game do you think really means more out of those two teams? If I may, if I may, I saw that they had asked Franklin the same question, and they basically did this bullcrap survey where they, they asked Penn State fans to fill out the survey. as like, what, what do you like that we don't offer at the concession stand, you know, and what's most important to you in terms of for, for certain traditions like whiteout? And everybody said that they want whiteout to be a night game, and they thought they had a better chance of getting a night game against Minnesota than they would have against for the Ohio State because they figured that Ohio State would be big noon, and that's I pretty can. much what the networks oh, indicated to. Also, if whiteout is off. scheduled ahead of time, they're going to do what they can to make it a night game. The networks will. Well, maybe not now because ESPN and, and the Big Ten maybe maybe you um, know. Rocky Mommy Road, yeah, fighting yeah, not be game. talking too much now. Yeah, but is, is I mean, back? You know, I don't know, but I am a tenant too. I, I don't, I don't mind it, right? Yeah. But you know, there's no need for the post a link. <laughs> somebody, get, somebody said the. I am. Can you do that? The process um, of doing that. So, it, it's just it's weird to me. Ohio State and Michigan should be their their whiteout games every mm-hmm. single year. There shouldn't be a question about it. Um, maybe next year on CBS there'll be uh, there'll be the night game and the whiteout. That's yeah, not um, a bad idea. But you know, since that is what the talk is, but you know, I I just don't want to. Well, CBS, like it would this, be man. it would be night game on NBC would be the whiteout potentially. So NBC would be the night game for yeah. Big so 10. what they what the it sounds like the Big Ten is doing with the is that they're going to prioritize the Fox Big Noon, then the CBS three thirty for the like the second game, and then the NBC night game is what it sounded like. But I think they could make some you know where they could trade like you know NBC could trade for the second pick at, and give you know. Uh, like CBS, another game or something like a doubleheader for for having white. I don't know. I can't wait to see how that turns out. But anyway, it's gonna be uh, very interesting. Yeah, with I all that being said, oh, he's back with different scenery. Who who? I added him, you dickheads. Yeah, my my internet decided it wanted to cut out right as we were talking about this team. So maybe I'm completely yeah. wrong about this team. One way or another, where were we at? Where did we leave? Uh, I just finished saying ten and two, and we were just talking about the new TV deal. And, and just, we were talking about the the BS white whiteout with Minnesota instead of Ohio State, is what Tyler said. I, I mean, that that's all TV contract type of stuff. That has nothing to do with way. Penn State. That has everything yeah. to do with the TV contracts and the TV contracts. 
indeed say that Fox has the first pick of the Big Ten game, and yeah. Fox picked the Penn State Ohio State game that week. Um, yeah, I have Penn State going ten and two. They're going to upset your Wolverines, Tyler, and they're going to lose to Purdue and Ohio State. That's who they're losing to. Outrageous. Outrageous. Yep. When was that time they were competitive in in Ann Arbor? You got to go all the way back to 09 last time they won a game that wasn't, you know, COVID year in Ann Arbor. Okay. And Michigan, but in gotta think, I'm just going to say right now, if, if for you guys some brought reason this up State does not gather a running game, or they're not winning it. They're not winning. No. Yes, mm-hmm. and I do you know what I believe about Penn State? They have a running back. And I agree with you, but I'm just saying I don't I don't think that's the game they're going to win. All right. They well, win 10 games. here's what I'll tell you. And I'm going to enter. I'm going to enter the studio here uh, because it looks like it might be back. Maybe not. Um, here's what I'm going to tell you. A couple things about that. Number one, they haven't played every other year since, or every single year since '09, because they weren't in the same division until yeah. 2014, maybe. Yeah, I think so. So let's start there. And then after that point, it's been even years. 2014, Penn State wasn't very good. 2016, Penn State got better as the year went on. That's fine, but they weren't good enough to go on the road to the big house in early October. Yeah. 2016, again, early in the season, they got better as the year went on, and things didn't really come together until they got lucky and beat Ohio State. And then they had confidence. And they really took a storm. 2018 was the year after Saquon. They were still figuring out their run game. And in 2020, they won. So all I'm saying is I'm going to throw that out, and I'm just going to treat it like it's a tough road environment. And I think it is. I don't think it's absurd. I just don't – part of the reason is I don't see Michigan winning 11 games again. I just don't. I don't think they've had the coaching stability. I don't think they have the depth to do it. Straight up. That's just my thoughts on Michigan. Yeah, I also don't think Penn State showing 11 was really young last year. What was that? Uh, at mi- that back seven for Michigan was really, really young last year, and we saw a lot of potential. And I like, I'm like, oh, Tyler. I, I missed that the other day. I have. I have Michigan at eleven and one right now. Same, and I I like the way that Harbaugh has hired. He's tried to find from similar tree or the same tree, and I think that's what really makes the difference there. It's working now. Yeah, yeah um, but I'm going to just take a deeper dive into Penn State here for a second, BJ. I, I and this is an Ohio State fan saying this. I think Nick Singleton is going to have an a thousand yard rushing year, a lot like Travion Henderson last had last year. And I think Kevon Lee is also going to play better than he did last year. And he wasn't horrible last year. He just was the best of the worst. Noah Kane was awful, and now he's slated as well, he's not even on the team anymore. And Devin Ford has also been awful, and he's slated as a fourth-string guy behind two freshmen. I'm also a lot more confident in the backup quarterback situation 
behind Sean Clifford. And I am very mm-hmm. confident in Sean Clifford, by the way. I yeah. thought he looked very solid last year when he played. I mean, 21 touchdowns to eight picks. It's good yeah. enough. 61%, good enough. It's good enough. You can win with Sean Clifford. I and think- to be fair, and to be fair, we saw last year with Penn State that offense was completely different once once Clifford yeah. went down. It was yeah. night and day. And because of the quarterback, mm-hmm. right? And where the backups come in. Yeah. Christian Velo played against Rutgers basically the entire game. Three touchdowns, zero picks. He looked very good. Just Rutgers, but that's fine. And, oh, yeah, they got a talented freshman, a five-star kid, Drew Aller, uh, coming in as well. So they have a couple of guys who can come in and be a backup that I believe can play um, and, and win you games. When you're thrown to these three receivers that I'm about to mention – Mitchell Tinsley from Western Kentucky. Do you remember him? The name sounds familiar, but I'd have to go back and watch highlight film. He got overshadowed by Jarris Stearns last year. Mm -hmm. He had over 1,000 yards, I believe, as well. Arlo, shut up. Um, Parker Washington, a lot of people are high on. And honestly, I think it's awesome that Parker Washington is going to be able to play in the slot because – the dude is about 5'10". He's a little bit quick. He's a nice route runner. Hey, that might work guy. better because he kind of had to play outside a little bit more because I felt like Keandre Lambert-Smith wasn't ready. And as far as the pass game goes, I think Keandre Lambert-Smith actually showed a lot of growth throughout the uh, year. When you look at last year for Penn State, they went 7-6. and six. I felt like the Arkansas game, they kind of mailed it. And mm-hmm. I felt like Michigan State, they definitely could have won that game uh, yes. for sure. But those last two games, I kind of exclude from the group that I'm about to talk about. They probably could have beat Michigan, or I know they could have beat Michigan. They could have went mm-hmm. into the shoe and beat Ohio State last year. I watched the entirety of that game. Of course yeah. I did. They easily could have beat Illinois, and they easily could have beat Iowa. If Sean Clifford didn't go down against Iowa, they would have won that game. If Sean Clifford was healthy against Illinois, they would have won that game. He wasn't 100%, and they couldn't run the ball. Yeah. Sure as hell would not have. And also, they couldn't run the ball. If they could run the ball, they probably could have beaten Ohio State on the road last year, and they had Michigan on the ropes with their one-dimensional offense that only put up 17 points. It took a late touchdown by Eric All for Michigan to pull out that win. Yeah. Because that defense was really good. This defense, I think, is going to take a step back, but it's one step back without Brent Pry and a guy last year in Jaquan Brisker who I thought was absolutely awesome. But they're still going to be really, really good on defense. I think they're still a top 25 defense, and I think they're a top 25 offense. And you combine those two, and I think they're good enough to win nine or ten games this year and be easily in the top 15. I'm done. I want to see it. And then once we see Penn State in the first game, that's going to be a really good test. And I might change my tune. This is just kind of how I feel, you know, looking at everything. You know, still some uncertainties. How how much is that defense going to, to, you know, regress not too much i'm hoping but I, I i think that this is a team that does have a lot of potential i just need to see it first i mean Honest, i just 
can I take a second? Yeah. Honestly, I think that defense is going to be fine. Yes, Brent Pry is a great defensive mind, but mm-hmm. they return most of their production from the defense yeah. last year. Yeah, I, I know. And especially and especially from that secondary, which yeah. that secondary is still going to be elite. Um, Joey Porter Jr. is the best corner in the Big Ten. I can't argue with that. Like he's that, really good. That second, he he's the heart and soul of that secondary. And either way, that secondary it's just nasty. They're gonna give like they're gonna give their pass rush, which is where they replace players time to still get to the quarterback. Like, I think this defense is going to be fine. And the last thing to hear, BJ, is I got to ask you, what is this whole they got to prove it to me thing? This isn't Texas. This isn't USC. They haven't been it's dormant. Not, no, I'm, not, I'm like, not saying that I'm not making comparisons to other teams. I just – this for my me personally, my eye – that's all I'm meaning, but I've got to see. He's it. not wrong. I, I mean, think he's more specifically talking for yeah four years now. Yeah, that, two years. That's, been, that's more that's, specifically what I think he's talking about. Yeah, specifically that's, that's at all, running back. Once once we see them week one Thursday night at Purdue, how well they run the ball, you know, I we could realistically expect to to up our expectations. I could very I've, easily up my expectations depending upon how that first game goes. I've been preaching it. Journey Brown medically retiring is what killed the run game. Their offensive line play has not been – it hasn't been amazing. Otherwise, they no. wouldn't be running the ball better, clearly. But it also hasn't yeah. been bad. It's not like Florida State in no. that sense. And, again, my my thing is is I just I, – I trust James Franklin. A lot of people are throwing him completely to the side because they have struggled. Last year, they were way better than their record indicated, and I don't care what anybody says. I know what I saw against them when they came to the shoe. I know what I saw early in the season against Wisconsin, and I know what Sean Clifford brought to the table against Auburn where he went 28 for 32, completing 28 for 32 in a big-time game like that. Um, I'm done talking about Penn State here. I, I think this team is just too good. To fall that short of expectations. That's all I'm going to say. Uh, Purdue. That's the only thing we really disagree on so far. The team I have beating Penn State actually in week one, the Purdue Boilermakers. I think a lot of people know about Aiden O'Connell. I don't know as if as many people know about Charlie Jones, Brock Thompson, TJ Sheffield. King Doru is also back at running back. He played pretty solid last year. Payne Durham at tight end. This offensive line, it, it's replacing a couple of interior pieces, but overall they're they're pretty good. Um, and, and this defense also last year was like sneaky solid last year. So what are we expecting for this uh, – for this Purdue team in 2022. I'm going to start with Cam. I have Purdue at 7-5 right now. Ooh, really? Says yeah. the dude that was rooting for them. <laughs> I'm just kidding. Hey, um, I was going to say, like, I was kind of assigned them in the skip. <laughs> I, um, I, I um, do think that per, I think that Purdue is going to be, a very good team still. 
I just think that they have a they they do have a tough um, schedule in the way that it lines up because they have Minnesota, they have Maryland, they have Nebraska, they have Wisconsin as a four game stretch. That is a very tough four game stretch. Like and it, three it, of those on the road. Yeah, like I and that's where I think that they really struggle. Um, I'll be real. That's where I have four of their losses at. Um, I do think you that think they're losing all four of those games. I do. Wow. Yeah. Like, I think that they'll still be a very good team, though. Um, and I think um, their only other loss is going to be opening weekend against Penn State. Um, even then, I wouldn't be surprised if that's a fantastic game that comes down to the wire. They're going to be in every single game. Um, I just, I, I think they'll be, they'll be like Nebraska was last year, except better because they'll win games. Um, but they'll be right there in every single game. Just, I, I feel bad for them because that four game stretch is as tough as any in the big 10. BJ. Yeah, I'm not too far off from where Cam is. I've got uh, the same five losses that Cam does, and then I threw in the road loss at Indiana close out the year. So six and six, I'm not saying they're going to be terrible. I'm saying this is my biggest question with Purdue is their defense. And I think that, you know, Aiden O'Connell will be able to keep his guys in this offense in games, but I'm, I'm curious as to what, you know, what we see from them defensively. I think that's going to be their downfall. I think that, you know, you talked about the offense of Penn State is, is going to be able to, I think they're going to be able to move the ball pretty well through the air against this Purdue team in, in week one. And that's kind of why I'm confused mm-hmm. as to why you've got big expectations for, you know, Penn State, but losing to Purdue. Cause I'm not so sure I see, you know, their defense being able to, to stop Penn State and Clifford through the air. I mean, you know, like I, I can expect Penn State's that defense. Secondary that secondary is really good, and there it's going to make Aiden O'Connell's day even tougher to try to find receivers. But I, I think that when you do have a, as talented of an offense as Purdue does, they're not going to in any got that tough four game stretch that Cam mentioned, where they're at Minnesota, at Maryland. You know, they host Nebraska and they're at Wisconsin, and we're all high. On, on at least you know two of those four teams, um, I'm I, I, Minnesota and Nebraska. I'm higher on Maryland. I, I think Cam gave Maryland the win there. I'm not as high on Wisconsin, but I think that Wisconsin is just Purdue's kryptonite, and especially on the road in Camp Randall, and then just kind of you know rebounding with with a good stretch after the bye, especially the win at home against Iowa. Um, I, I could realistically see seven to eight at most. But I, I set I set the the floor at six and six. Uh, to your point, by the way, BJ, I think that there will be a lack of balance as far as offense goes uh, for Penn State earlier in the year. Mm-hmm. Um, I think every single week Penn State's going to kind of iron out their issues on the ground, and then. I think they're going to start to figure it out when they hit Auburn and that's going to be a close game. Mm-hmm. And then 
come their bye week, being well-rested against Michigan, I think they're going to be able to hit the ground running, no pun intended, in the run game. Um, and the other thing about Purdue is, like, their pass defense wasn't horrible last year. I mean, no. Tennessee loved to throw the ball. They threw 42 times, and Ohio State threw 38 times. This is yeah. the only two teams that got over 300 yards passing last year. Oregon State was able to do it, but they threw 55.3% completion percentage. Or, sorry, Oregon State was the closest to doing it. They hit 285. Like, they held Nebraska under 50% passing. Notre Dame under 50% passing. Like, this yeah. secondary last year was really good. It's pretty experienced this year. Jamari Brown, Chris Jefferson, a graduate transfer, um, and Cam Allen at safety, and then Corey Trice. All of these guys, upperclassmen, Jalen Graham, too, at linebacker, along with Kieran Douglas. This back seven is all upperclassmen, and I think that's really where that game happens the way it does. Now, more into the Purdue schedule. I think they start out 4-0 before going on the road and losing to Minnesota in a tough defensive battle, actually, just like it was last year. Uh, they lost at home against Minnesota. And I think they're going to lose on the road at Minnesota again. But I think they're going to have an opposite type of game against Maryland and beat them. A pretty high-scoring game against Nebraska, but both have pretty solid defenses. So it's going to be like a fun game to watch. They beat them. They lose at Wisconsin. I agree. Wisconsin is somewhat their their kryptonite. Actually, I'm losing to Iowa in somewhat of a revenge spot as well. That secondary for Iowa is also pretty scary. I think that's an interesting matchup there. And then a third straight loss when they go on the road to Champaign, Illinois. I just think Burt's going to have something up his sleeve, and I think they're going to play ball control with Chase Brown in that game. I think that's going to be like Chase Brown's best game uh, because I am a little bit more concerned about Purdue run stopping. Even though they do have experience, mm -hmm. I still just – like last year, they kind of got gashed in a few games. Wisconsin completely beat them up on the ground. Ohio State – destroyed them on the ground. Tennessee did. Michigan State did. Illinois did, as a matter of fact, destroyed them on the ground last year. Yeah, um, That's where a lot of bronze teams have struggled, that rush defense. Right, right, which that's also kind of why, like, I expect Wisconsin to win that game, and then maybe Iowa would have a better chance. A team like Maryland, not so much. And I have them winning the last two games. Overall going eight and four, and I have them tied – with Minnesota atop the division, but I have Minnesota winning that head-to-head, -head, so I got Minnesota winning the division, but Purdue's going to be in contention. Yeah. And Not far-fetched. Tyler is back. Yeah. yeah Tyler, what do you got for Purdue? Yeah, I've been here the whole time. Um, I got eight or seven and five. Uh, actually, exactly what Cam had. I think this is going to be a team that, that plays off of streaks. I mean, they're going to be um, – Obviously, I think they lose to Penn State week one, but then they get three in a row, drop the next four between Minnesota, Maryland, Nebraska, Wisconsin, and then close the season out with four straight. Um, I just I, I think this team's good. I just think that they hit that that middle portion of the schedule, and it's just a little too tough. Um, mm -hmm. Maybe some struggles there, but overall, it's not indicative of how good this team could be. They could easily find themselves at eight. Um, maybe another upset could get them get them around nine. I don't think so though. But they're still still a team that could find themselves in the Big Ten West race uh, if they if they play well by the time November comes around. 
All right. Uh, final team to talk about is going to be the Rutgers Scarlet Knights here. Five and eight last year. They got a bid into a bowl game because of Texas A&M dropping out and played Wake Forest. They were overmatched. That's fine. Uh, Noah Vedral is back at quarterback. He was okay last year, especially for Rutgers standards, seven and seven. You would like something better. But the one thing I do like about this Rutgers team is they do a lot of creative things offensively, and they have a defense that has a lot more experience than the year before. What are we seeing with Rutgers this year? I can take the hand grenade first. Um, I I imagine Rutgers is going to be a very, 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 very scrappy team. Yes. I feel bad for them that they're in arguably the best division in all of college football. As it stands today, I have them sitting at four and eight. I um, have them beating Wagner, shockingly, Temple. Um, They beat Indiana, and they upset Maryland. Um, I imagine they're going, they're, they're going to play a lot of teams tough, especially at home. And, um, Shiano, as he's shown is a Rutgers whisperer and they're going to be ready and right there for every game. Um, very well coached. And I imagine they're going to be very physical still. Um, try to establish point of attack, and they—you're 100% right on that defense. That was a very, very, very young defense last year, and so I imagine it's going to be good and able to improve as Shiano has defenses in the past. Um, somebody take the sword next. Eeny, meeny, miny, mo. PJ. Two, and ten. Two, yep. and, ten Two for and ten. Two and ten. Two and ten. I mean, Wagner and Temple. I just, I very, I, I'm not saying this is going to be a bad team. I think Cam used the right word, scrappy. I just, oh, it's so tough. I mean, I, I just. City draw, man. I mean, you yes. got to play at the, the East Division, which is all better than you. I yeah. know, it's just tough, call it how it is. Yeah, uh, you get Iowa, Minnesota, and Nebraska out of the West. That's not easy. That's, yeah. And then you also let's not forget Boston College is the other non-conference game. I mean that. Yeah. I mean you you can't go through that schedule without a, a good amount of talent, and I don't I don't think they have what it takes to really even compete for bowl eligibility, let alone a four win season like Cam's got. <clears throat> well, they bring in a lot of transfers, so let's go ahead and start there. I think their offensive line is significantly upgraded. I think it's better. And I also think Kyle Moninje, I think that's how you say his name, uh, he really has a chance to go ahead and kind of take, take that job by storm. He kind of split carries last year with Isaiah Pacheco, but Pacheco is gone now. I think a guy that needs to be a huge playmaker out of the slot and in creative ways that he's going to use it. And then his backup to Joshua Youngblood, but Aaron Crookshank is really the wild card that can make this team contend for a bowl game again, like be close to a bowl game 
or be two and ten like you guys are talking about. But I think they have at least more solidified depth on the outside. Shamin Jones is back. He was their second leading receiver last year behind Bill Melton, who's gone. Sean Ryan and Taj Harris both come in. I really like Taj Harris a lot. Noah Vedral has to play better, but I think he will because I think he's got better depth and weapons. Johnny Lingen is also a pretty solid tight end, and they like to do creative things with him as well. I think defense, they're better. Uh, overall, there are some spots in the secondary that kind of concern me. Max Melton is back from his suspension last year, so hopefully he learned from that and he's able to develop into something. Uh, with all that being said, I got Rutgers going 5-7. and seven. Three and six in conference. I think they're improving. Uh, I think their offensive line is the biggest reason why. I think they need to be able to establish the offensive line and get quite a few more yards per carry than they had last year from their running backs. I mean, Pacheco only had about four yards per carry, and um, Monengay or Monengay, however you say his name, had only three point eight. And they didn't try to commit to running the ball a whole lot last year. They tried to throw the ball quite a bit, but. Vedral's just not good enough to rely on him completely to throw the ball. I think that they're going to beat Wagner Temple, Iowa in an upset at home, Nebraska in an upset on a Friday night, though that is after the Ohio State game. I just think they're going to get blown out and be able to find something that works against Ohio State's second string. And I have them beating Indiana off the bye, but I have them closing out the season losing five straight. But we're going to get into uh, that Rutgers and Minnesota game, and people are going to be talking about, don't look now, Rutgers is five and two, and then they just drop five straight to end the year. Uh, that's kind of what I have. So Would that not I, be Rutgers football in the nutshell? Yeah. That'll be interesting if that happens. So overall, I think they're going to show a lot of improvement. I think they're going to come out the gates firing, and I think they're going to be able to be competitive in one or two of these games against Maryland, Penn State, Michigan, St. Michigan, and Minnesota. Yeah, I mean, it's, it's definitely possible. I mean, they used Noah Vedra on a weird way last year where he, he would throw the ball, but then they also, if I'm not mistaken, they used him in like a power run, and then I don't know if this was last year. It might have been 2020, but they also used Johnny Langan in almost like a uh, Wildcat, like yeah. Run, Wildcat deal too, so I don't know. That was 2020, by the way. I thought so. I thought so. Um, but nonetheless, I mean, this is Greg Shiano always has some weird stuff up his sleeve in some of these games. And we'll see them play close, I think. I think they'll be very, very competitive in some of these games. The Iowa game is the one that really strikes me. It's like, man, they could actually win that game. And uh, so, I mean, mm-hmm. we'll just see what they end up being. I, I think it's just, it sucks. I mean, that's a, that schedule is brutal. I mean, especially yeah. when you are, I mean, really, everybody believes you're at the bottom of the East Division. Yeah. Still, and you got to go through that. Plus, again, that draw of the West. I don't know how they win mm-hmm. in Iowa. And then, again, Boston College. That, it's a team that I think we all think is going to be relatively good this year. So, yeah. Yeah. It yeah. just, it, it's tough, man. I mean, it's two wins. Or I think I think three or four is possible, but I I'm having a hard time finding it, and then let alone convincing myself that that's going to happen. Yeah. All right. Well, we're not going to predict our Big Ten champion until Ohio State is done, because I know at least one of us has Ohio State, right? Like winning the East. So, <laughs> um, with that being said, you sure about that? Out of the West. 
I have Minnesota coming out, breaking the tie over Purdue. These two, whoa, whoa, what's going on? These two guys, Cam and Tyler, they have Nebraska. BJ, I did not catch who you have. I have Minnesota as well. Minnesota as well, okay. Well, that's a little bit high. That's that's interesting. I almost pulled the trigger on Purdue. I just feel like there's some – there's there's a lot more holes with Purdue than there is with Minnesota, but if Tanner Morgan is not good, then this division is even more up for grabs than it already grabs. is, and I think there are five teams that are in contention. I'm throwing in Iowa because I get we're not fans of Iowa, Tyler, and I'm really not. I don't want to see that, but like. I don't think they they have enough. I can't. They went ten and two last year. They return a lot on defense, and they won solely on defense. Okay, timeout. They were a. They were in the lower seven and five and four and five in conference. So I'm not high on them, but don't act like that cannot happen because it 100 could. And it 100 could. It 100 could, but they have to be better. You know, offensively, I'm not sure I see that, and they can't rely on turnovers like they did last I, year. I hope I mean, it doesn't you, happen. I really they don't. were in like the 100 teams in offense last big. year. What did we say they were? 120. Uh, they were in the hundred teams, I think. I mean, it was, it was the offense is sure brutal. I mean, that's the one thing that that kills me is the offense. I, I and I can't I can't say they're going to yeah. rely on turnovers the same way because teams know that if you take care of the football, your odds are you're going to win that game. All right, what's the weekly rundown, guys? So Clemson, Utah, and Notre Dame uh, are Thursday through Saturday in that order. And then Sunday, we have the American Athletic Conference, our final group of five team. And then uh, we'll have the next week. uh, Saturday is our last Saturday without college football, boys. Yeah. Yeah, Yeah, that's that's really really it. I'll be back. Home tomorrow night, maybe, or in my car. We'll find out. Next uh, Wednesday as well. Next Wednesday, we will be talking about the SEC. But we will also afterwards, I believe, right? Afterwards. Yeah, we're going to we do will... our second extra episode talking about our collective and personal well, 25. I have the collective yep. graphic made, but I'm not going to make a personal one because, I mean, I think no. – we can all discuss what we think of everybody. Yeah, we do take her. Yeah, and I gotta tell you, we had we have a lot of variety. We got some teams that you won't expect, but I think we also are going to get a lot of support from the general public too uh, with our rankings. It's done. It's all done. We'll have it here for you a week from today. We'll also have a preseason awards coming in between week zero and week one. We got some creative ones, the best name in college football I put out there. Uh, then you yeah. got like, you know, best offensive player, best college football player, as in like versatility and stuff like that. It's going mm-hmm. to be great. Uh, and we are just excited for the next week and a half to just go by. Fly by. So we can hit week zero and next two weeks now, because it's almost Thursday to go by so that way we can hit the backyard brawl in Penn State Purdue and all the other games that are going to be on that opening Thursday so thank you guys for tuning in make sure you guys like and subscribe check out all of our TikToks all the college football content you can handle the NFL as well it's coming up Uh, the final corner for you guys Tyler 
make sure you check everything out that we have we're that also, could interest We're you. also on Instagram now. I oh, made yeah. that stuff oh. yesterday. So we're there too. Check us out. Heck yeah. We're so on we'll, all sorts of social media, guys. <laughs> yeah. We'll see you guys tomorrow. Thank you guys for tuning.